And we are live. Hi, and welcome everybody to another collective automated personalization session co-hosted with our friends today at H2C. It's great to be back online and running another session about this topic, automated personalization, and specifically around the study that H2C recently completed that has provided or provides deep insights on artificial intelligence and machine learning in hospitality and, and how AI and ML can assist in personalization. So if you're interested in seeing that study and you have not as yet had a chance to see it, Leah will add the link into the chat for everyone to download a copy. So make sure that you get, uh, you get your eyes over that. It's definitely worth having a look at. Today, we are joined by another great panel of experts. So uh, let's get right into the introductions. And uh, I'd like to start by first introducing Daniela Huckfeld, who is the commercial director at Pierre and Vacancies at, <laughs> and a member of Revenue Management Advisory Board at HSMA Deutschland. Daniela, lovely to see you today. How are you? Thank you. Likewise, I'm very well indeed. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much. We're enjoying beautiful weather here. So all good Don't on this Don't say side. that. <laughs> Fantastic. And also joining us is Mr. Daniel Frey, who is the Vice President of Revenue Management at hotels.com and also a member of Revenue Management Advisory Board at HSMA Deutschland. Daniel, lovely to see you again. How are you? Very well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you. And then, of course, we have Michaela Pappenhoff, who is the Managing Director and Founder at H2C in Germany. Michaela, Lovely to see you again today. How's things? Things are very well. Thank you. <laughs> very good. And last but not least, we have Kristen Hensel, who is the director at H2C. And Kristen, also lovely to see your smiling face today. How are you? <laughs> Hello. All good. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yes, indeed. It is. It's great to be back. Okay, so also just another quick reminder for the audience. If you have any comments or questions, please make sure that you add them into the comment section and tag the person that you'd like that the, the question or the comment directed to. Um, so with all of that said, Michaela, let's kick things off with you. Obviously, H2C have had a tremendous response to the study so far. Uh, so what have you got for us today that Daniela and Daniel will be discussing with us? Yeah, first of all, thanks for uh, having us again. Um, the first session was quite successful with uh, a lot of questions around uh, the subject of automated personalization. And um, mm. feedback was, was overwhelming. We had 86 hotel chains globally answering our survey, which is always quite intense. So it doesn't take them 10 minutes, it takes I don't know, probably one hour to answer all questions properly, I think. But we need to ask Daniel and Daniela afterwards how long it took them. Um, but uh, anyway, the, um, what we wanted to find out is the status quo of the industry and where towards where we are moving with regards to automated personalization. And when we say automated personalization, uh, we, um, we, we mean a higher level of, of automation in our industry in order to, to create more innovative um, uh, customer experiences. And um, some of the key of objectives of our study were actually to find out um, where are the challenges that the hotels have today. And this is why we are here today. We want to discuss some challenges around digitalization and, um, and to find out um, how we can better connect uh, the systems together and um, 
of course, how AI and machine learning can help um, to uh, better serve uh, our needs, um, maybe to cut costs, maybe to increase the guest experience. So we will look at this um, at all these topics. Um, what else? Um, I think uh, that's that's it for the introduction. Um, and um, maybe um, uh, we can briefly look at the profiles that um, the, the figure one, uh, Andre. Yep. Um, where we have the interview profiles. And maybe Christine, uh, you want to elaborate a little bit on this? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, as Michaela said, we had um, 86 hotel chains that, that answered the survey. So thanks again uh, to, to all of you. And uh, the study uh, covers um, all regions. So we divided into Europe, the Middle East and Africa, Asia Pacific and uh, the Americas. And another distinction that we that we typically do is we um, divide the hotel chains into three different brackets, meaning that we have the small hotel chains um, that are uh, have or that have three to twenty nine properties, and then the medium sized chains which make up uh, properties uh, count of thirty to ninety nine, and then the large hotel chains would be uh, those chains with uh, above one hundred properties. So as you can see here uh, on the slide, um, we had 65% of our answers from uh, small chains uh, that had around an average of 11 uh, properties. And for the medium-sized chains, we had a 21% that participated. And uh, in total, we also had 12 large chains um, that, that participated in the study. And Overall, also looking at the uh, room count, uh, we actually had in total uh, 25,000 properties, and that actually makes up 4% of all worldwide available hotels, which is, uh, we think, a, a good number. And, and looking at, um, or if we assume that we have 40% of the global properties that belong to a chain, we, we can actually say that uh, our study covers 10% of all, all chains uh, worldwide. So. I think some some really good um, feedback that we that we got with the study. So there's some really that's really great, isn't it? Actually, in terms of the response, the data there is very tangible in that sense. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, yeah, going going through um, uh, today, I think we're going to show uh, some slides. So I think uh, it's good to to have that in mind, but also maybe. Uh, just quickly again summarizing uh, the definitions that we that we used and also shared with the interviewees and, and participants prior to them completing the study. We have automated personalization, which uh, Michaela already briefly mentioned, but basically it's a personalized or narrow segmented marketing that is automatically generated uh, based on predefined uh, settings. And um, we also then have the AI topic that we, we looked at. So that's basically using computers and machines to mimic uh, problem solving and decision making capabilities of the human mind. Um, so those were the things um, that we that we shared with the participants uh, prior prior to them answering the survey. Um, so we wanted to um, yeah level the uh, the information that was uh, shared and, and how this survey was filled out.
And maybe in addition to that, we also asked um, the hotel chains if they would rather go for a narrow segmented marketing versus one-to-one -one marketing, for instance. Um, and um, yeah, so that's um, that, that was quite exciting what the what the answers were, and we we will share some of the answers uh, here. Um, but only maybe just one point, Andre. Only 36% of the hotel chains employ automated personalization today, and I think that's um, uh, that's the that's interesting because we uh, we we have we don't see a lot of adoption today, but we see a lot of hotel chains working on getting uh, the technology implemented to do so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why don't we just uh, take that opportunity to check in with Daniela and Daniel and find out from their perspective if their uh, companies are doing a similar thing of the, and, and to what degree perhaps they have applied AI and ML and, and if to a, a minor degree, if that's something that they're looking to scale up on. Daniela, why don't we start with you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. We've uh, with our company, we always have to look at it twofold because we belong to a great, but we're quite independent business line when it comes to Spain. And there's obviously slight differences. So there is a lot done on the group site uh, when it comes to, to the website, to marketing and everything. Um, but we manage the, the .es ourselves. So it's always um, slightly different from, from group level, let's say. So in the whole area of marketing, um, I would say we're the typical chain that likes to do more, but never mm. has money to do anything, um, waits for the return of investment before the investment's literally done. And therefore, um, there is not an awful lot that we're doing. We're doing uh, quite a bit when it comes to um, anything that has to do with e-commerce website. So target, uh, targeting customers, profiling customers, these kind of things, that is quite automated, you know. When you had installed pixels on your website and you're not quite sure what that means but these are the things that you do in order to to automate your targeting your prospects so that area that uh, there is quite a bit that is done um other than that the, the, we i think pretty traditional um when it comes to whatever campaigning newsletters all these kind of things so i wouldn't put us in a top range of being advanced there knowing though that we need to do much more, but it takes, of course, work and time, and it also takes a bit of money. And in times like this, after the last two years, that is something that's unfortunately, when it comes to marketing, always the area where cuttings are made first. At least that's my experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Uh, and Daniel, from your perspective? Um, well, we do have a slightly different approach, being a family-owned, uh, very centralized hotel chain. It's it's all managed and done and controlled uh, within uh, those walls here in Berlin. And uh, we do we do certain things. I wouldn't say we are the most advanced hotel company in the world with regards to AI, but we do a couple things. Uh, we have a couple things in place. First of all, when it comes to, to the whole part of revenue management, having a, a revenue management system in place, uh, which is completely on autopilot, automated, um, deciding on, on, on the rates by itself with just little human interaction here and there. Um, we do, as Daniela also mentioned, uh, we also have certain processes in place when it comes to the whole e-commerce uh, part. We use uh, the, the information we receive uh, to, from the website also within our revenue management system, but also with regards to the cost, how we're spending it. 
uh, and, and, and manage it. How do we manage those budgets? It's it's not completely artificial intelligence. There's always always some human interaction um, in place, but we are definitely having this on our roadmap to 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 get there. And we're just in, in having a pilot with a chatbot um, um, on our website. We are about to install an um, email reading program, which is reading the emails coming from the customers and guests. Um, and replying automatically and just by this process itself, I, we hope that it's going to learn and help us uh, to have this whole automated um, portfolio in place. Okay, very good. All right, let's keep moving then, Christine. Do, do you need me to move to the next slide? Um, yeah, if we can uh, have a look at figure two, which would be, I think, slide three. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. So one of the, the questions that we, we asked hotel chains was how do they actually uh, choose um, which tasks to automate and what which goals they are actually following when they make a decision to, to implement AI? And uh, we, we had uh, three options here, which was the improving the guest experience, increasing profitability or in saving operational costs. And as you can see, the guest experience or improving the guest experience and increasing profitability are, are nearly equally important uh, for, for the hotel chains. Um, but a little more than half of the hotel chains also want to save operational costs. And I think that's just going to be uh, very important in the, in the future now with the, with the past uh, two years also happening with uh, staffing uh, problems, and uh, I think that will be a key factor uh, moving forward as well. Yeah, I wonder if you ran these questions today, if uh, that last uh, stat might be a little bit different. If uh, saving on operational costs might be uh, slightly higher, or even perhaps uh, where, where uh, humans can be replaced, or what tasks can be replaced by uh, the uh, the AI or the machines. It's it'd be an interesting one, I think. Yes, um, I I, uh, I think it might be a little bit higher the figure uh, in doing the interviews, and we we split um, uh, the the questions. So there were some additional questions that we asked during the interviews that were not in the online survey, and um, most of the hotels said yes. Um, we definitely want also to save operational costs, but um, of course, increasing uh, profitability is the far more attractive strategy um, uh, when when we look at this. Mm. And Daniela, when you, when you see these these stats, what 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 runs through your mind? What what do you think? Is this something that resonates with you from your perspective, or uh, yeah, what's your what's your take on that? Well, everything we do is for increasing profitability. We are running businesses, so that's what we do. Um, saving operational costs would increase your profitability in consequence um, and improving a guest experience, which then leads to higher loyalty, higher repeat guests, or when you target your guests uh, clearer, you know, when you prospect customers, that increases your conversion rate, that improves the guest experience when you look at customer journey and all these things. But the outcome of that is, again, your increased profitability. So it is all, in my mind, uh, about increased profitability because that's what we're here for by the end of the day. So I think they, they, they go very close together and you might 
start with saying, oh, I want to save costs first. But by the end of the day, what you do, you streamline processes, you automate processes, you do quicker processes. And that, again, improves the customer experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, you just asked what what the result would be if if we would uh, have the, the the questioning again today with with regards to the saving operational costs. Mm. Um, I don't think that it would look differently. I, mm. I wouldn't say I would save humans and save uh, people. I would just save operational processes which are not automated, and we, we could allocate those. Uh, people at the front desk or wherever uh, to different tasks, to more, I don't know, to, to help to improve the guest experience, to, 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 to support the guests at the check-in or arrival and to have a proper interaction without dealing with manual processes back and forth. So I think we would, and we would be more than happy to keep our people and to allocate them differently uh, and to increase the guest experience and, of course, to increase the profitability. That's like a circle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. I think uh, the the reassignment re or redistribution of, of resources more focused towards the guests whilst they're there is obviously optimal. Uh, I guess where I was coming from is because of the, the changes that, that the industry has faced since uh, the, the last two years. Now, when it comes to ramping up resources again, everyone's challenged by the, the, the actual getting of, of talent and finding of talent and bringing them into the, the operations. So that's, that's where, my, where I was kind of leaning towards. But I totally agree with what you were saying. Um, we just have a quick question from Michael Madison. Michael, great to have you joining us. Thanks for, for being here. Um, he's asking of the large hotel group respondents, how many were global groups? Uh, Michaela, I know you went through that when we started, but could you perhaps just quickly touch on that again? Yeah, I think we had around 14% of um, global groups participating. And um, then 21% uh, medium-sized hotel chains and 65% small hotel chains. So that's... Okay. To share. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, Christine, back to you. <laughs> okay. Now, it's actually uh, a good topic that we were just discussing before uh, with the staff because uh, on the next slide, uh, we, we outlined uh, the responses from the hotel chains, whether they have personnel and, and financial resources to actually be able to manage uh, these automated tasks and the, uh, whether the uh, skilled staff was available. Um, so as you can see here on, on the screen, um, the uh, personal and financial resources uh, still require improvement in, in all those areas to have the availability of staff, to have the skill set as well, and to have a, a dedicated budget also uh, available. Um, so medium-sized chains uh, have the most personal resources, and uh, however, it seems that the small chains seem to have the most financial uh, resources only by a small margin, but but interesting uh, to see here. Yeah, that is that is very interesting. In terms of dedicated budgets um, for for AI marketing, uh, Daniel, is that something that you guys have focused on as well? Are you dedicating funds to that side of the or to the business? Uh, well, yes, absolutely. Especially when it comes to our CRM, which we are, which we started implementing actually 2019, 
so we did have quite of a budget for for um, for the CRM. Um, however, when Corona hit, uh, this was the budget was just cut the first because it's it's always the marketing bit which is cut first when when it comes to the crisis. So, yeah, it's there uh, and it's back again. Um, the budget and we are spending again and we are hiring people who are um, specialized um, with regards to CRM and the implementation of a CRM system. Um, however, um, I think without Corona, we would be there uh, already. And now we have to push it further and uh, to work a little longer on it than supposed. Okay, great. And Daniela, I see you nodding your head in agreement there. You're aligned with what Daniel is saying? Yeah, uh, I, I obviously have only a very modest marketing budget, but anything that goes in the direction of AI or personalization is part of that. Um, and yes, the last two years more or less dead. Um, and we've started again this year to rework with an agency because we don't have a lot of marketing staff. Frankly speaking, in marketing and e-commerce, I've got three altogether. So um, we, we work with a very good marketing agency that helps us when it comes to all tasks, um, e-commerce that are related to AI, as I said before, if it's targeting customers or whatever it might be. So, yes, there, there is a bit of money for that. Okay. And maybe adding to this, um, it's not on the slide, but uh, we also asked um, which departments are involved um, in um, organizing AI marketing today, for instance. Mm -hmm. And um, we found that um, marketing and e-commerce departments are the clear leaders today. Um, and we think there need to be a change or maybe during the interviews, it became clear hotel chains are reorganizing their um, departments um, because this is, uh, of course, applies to all departments rather than one or two. So um, I think in our industry, we also need to change the approach from top level, how to organize that. Yep. Absolutely. I have one question in, in, in terms of this chart here, the, the middle one where it says skill set of existing staff. Could you elaborate a little bit on that for us, Michaela? What exactly uh, do you mean by that? Yeah, we didn't uh, actually we, we didn't go into detail what uh, what specific skills were missing. Okay. Um, but it's interesting to see that we are far behind the five. Um, and um, and now with the uh, with the crisis and then with crisis number two on top now, um, it, I think it's hard for our industry to actually get skilled stuff today. And um, so we are a little bit in a dilemma to um, better organize ourselves and look beyond the box um, and uh, actually, look for innovative solutions to uh, employ skilled uh, people, but also to train the people. And um, I think the training is something that um, went very short during the crisis because a lot of people didn't work. Mm -hmm. And um, now um, we have to come back to uh, a different stage in our industry where we invest more time and resources. And uh, we can see this with, uh, with some hotel chains who introduced new concepts of working and so on. And that's certainly something that the, the industry needs. But we need much more of these. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Daniel, just coming from your perspective with Hey Hotels, did you make many adjustments there? Are you finding it challenging as well, based on what Michaela said? Yeah, I was just I just want to add it's it's super hard to get those people on board because we are competing with uh, retailers, we are competing with Google, with eBay, with I don't know who else when it comes to those those guys and with salaries which are not the classical hotel salaries we all know um so it's it's super hard to get them on board so it's even more important to to build a great working environment around to give the flexibility to those people to work for from wherever they want whenever they want uh and and to to gain those resources but the competition is quite tough outside it's, they are not just hotel specialists like we used to be a couple of years ago mm. Yeah, so we seem to be hearing that more and more today. Daniela, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, when you're looking at North-South, um, we're always a bit behind. Um, when it comes to flexible working hours, for example, which uh, I know some chains in Germany started a four-day week and home office is not a problem anymore. That's very different here. Um, we're still going by the who's not sitting in the office doesn't work kind of philosophy. And of course, that doesn't make, um, the, uh, that doesn't make you attractive as an employer. Um, when it comes to skilled staff, same as Daniel says, uh, same situation here. The hotels pay the least and uh, other industry pay better and have a more interesting work environment. Also, when it comes to the, the technology where they stand, because looking at us, we, we quite, you know, behind our competition, let's put it that way. So we have to train uh, our own people and we have to work like with agencies or outside experts to support us, at least for a certain part of time in order to get uh, to a certain level. But staffing is definitely a problem across board. And uh, yeah, as Daniel mm -hmm. said, they, they, we should have done something years ago because it was a problem before COVID. Um, mm -hmm. But COVID has made it much clearer now. And now we're kind of waking up and see what we've done or what we've not done and the results bit. Okay. So based on your professional opinions, Daniel, I'll start with you. How do you feel the industry is going to adopt or a change or make the necessary changes so that that uh, you know it's more enticing for people to work in the industry do you think it's something that we will be doing as an industry can you see that there's a shift there i mean we're, we're talking a lot about it but are you seeing the industry actually start to make some changes um well i think i, I see this trend coming because talking to the vendors from e-commerce vendors or revenue management system vendors or whoever, uh, they keep telling me that uh, their sales figures are going through the roof and they are getting a lot of change on board uh, and, and that they are selling a lot of their systems. So I see the trend coming. However, as an industry is total, it will be hard because it's we do have a lot of large hotel chains, we have medium-sized hotel chains, but we do have thousands and thousands of independent little hotels can't afford this and uh, it's not in their mind so as the industry as total i think will be separated mm -hmm. as, as we used to be but it's get it's getting in the right direction at least for the for the chains who can afford it okay daniela what are your thoughts not much to add i totally agree um okay. i don't see it i mean as i said i live in a different country so um I, yeah. I can only speak for here, and there's a big difference between the big chains and all the rest of it. I suppose the same as, as in Germany as well. 
Um, and yeah, what the big chains can do, the, the, the small hotel cannot necessarily do. Having said that, um, we also see some of the smaller chains, and there's a lot of them here, like four hotels, five hotels, things like that. And they actually did use the time and, and invest in, in certain things. Um, but remember, there's still many around that don't even have a channel manager because um, yep. the girl in reservations can sit there till 10 at night and do it herself. No, not a problem. So uh, that is that is also still a very general approach. So, we, you know, it's like two ways here, I have to say. Okay. okay. Before we come back to Christine and move on to the next slide, I just want to ask one more question because, Daniel, you mentioned it as well. You said that, um, you know, you see that the bigger chains obviously seem to be more successful in this purely because of their size, their scale, and perhaps even funding available, and that the smaller smaller hotels, especially independents, will really struggle. Um, it's a tough question. What's the future of those smaller independents? What, in your opinion, what, what does the future hold for them and for the industry as a whole? For well, the smaller one, for the and smaller what can they hotels, do? yeah, I think they... It's about personalization, um, mm -hmm. not necessarily uh, support by uh, artificial intelligence, but this just this human touch personalization, where they can, I don't know, stick out and 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 compete uh, with the bigger hotels, with regards to customers. Otherwise, when it comes to all this uh, distribution um, bit, it will be hard for them. That's my first okay. opinion. Okay. Very good. I Thank think, you. Um, Andre, maybe I can comment on this as well. Please. Um, Please. Uh, what my personal um, uh, opinion is that um, these smaller properties, um, sometimes they are much faster in, um, in implementing strategies um, and they don't really have to cost a lot of money. But um, I think the, the, the subject of sustainability uh, is something where uh, uh, we we all can win versus maybe the larger <laughs> the large organizations that are much um, uh, take much more time in implementing. Mm -hmm. So um, this is where uh, sustainability and personalization must come together in our industry, and that's uh, desperately needed in hotels because we can be. A phenomenal example of um, how a sustainable um, environment can look like for people who come and visit us in hotels and then go back at home and maybe copy what they have seen mm -hmm. so just uh, <laughs> and and this is also with regards to digitalization because digitalization and automated personalization can help here a lot I think yeah, uh, yeah with apps and so on yeah, no, most definitely. No, I was just curious because I think it's um, that the, there are tools and there are opportunities for small hotels or independents to, to actually apply and to adopt. Um, and I, I just, I just fear that perhaps if 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 things don't start to, if we don't start to see that change now, that um, it's it's the time will run past and it it will it will just get beyond them. Yeah, that's, but that's really what I'm thinking. <laughs> I also think that is also on the technology side. It feels a bit like there are so many tools and systems that have to be in place in order to make personalization possible or, or benefit from AI that um, there's so 
much that the small chains need to do that it just seems like a massive task. It's but if technology, yeah, exactly. And if we have more technology and easier technology that doesn't require that much training, um, but because it just is more user friendly, that of course helps uh, smaller chains uh, quickly mm. on board and, and make use of those technologies as well. And I think we're definitely moving in that direction. We are seeing that. And I think it's still that, uh, that awareness is the issue though, isn't it? It's bringing that awareness to those people so that they can really, they see for themselves that it's, it's not such a difficult thing to do. Okay, let's move forward. Let's go to the next slide. Yes, Christine, is that the, the one you want to go to next? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, identifying automation tasks. Yeah, so um, we, we gave those four uh, possible options uh, for the hotel chains to, to ask, like, how do they um, approach this, this whole uh, topic of what do I automate and, and what is maybe not as beneficial? Um, and... Uh, most hotel chains basically said that they uh, just look at what what the benefit would be for them if they automated it based on ROI KPIs, um, and uh, I think that that definitely makes sense. But then looking at the other three, I think is also very interesting uh, because um, clean data still plays a, such a huge huge uh, topic. And it feels like uh, there's still so much to do because most hotel chains uh, don't feel like that they have clean data. So very interested to hear what uh, Daniela and Daniel also have to say about that. Um, but 67% um, of the large chains said that they, they need uh, clean data. But as you go lower to the medium and, and uh, smaller size chains, they feel like um, or it feels like they, they, they just have to live with the unclean data, uh, if we can call it that, uh, because they're not so much worried about it anymore because they feel like that's uh, just the way it is and there's not much they can do. So um, yeah, and then the last two, two points were also mentioned that uh, just spending time researching the, the, the topic and also looking to vendor companies um, uh, for some recommendations. So very interesting to see here that for medium-sized chains, that actually makes up 36% uh, here. So, yeah, very interesting, I think. That, that, that last one is interesting, isn't it? Indeed. Yeah. All right, let's, let's come back to the, the data side of it, the clean data piece, and, and uh, the, the, as you say, the acceptance of, by some of working with dirty data. Uh, Daniela, what are your thoughts around that? Obviously, data has been an ongoing issue for many years, but... Yeah, it depends on what kind of systems you work with and how they connect it and what if what uh, company you're part of, basically. But I think the obsession um, is probably less uh, in smaller companies, or simply less data, maybe. Um, but you have, as I said, to live with what you've got. And uh, I would not say that we have super clean data, by far not. But we um, we started just now with a new business intelligence tool, you know, to to unify reporting, which was very urgently needed. And uh, we can see that we can work with the data we have. It's all a question on how you do extractions, how you put it together and what you actually want to look at. So you need to define previously what you want to see or what you want to use it for when it comes to personalization and things like that. So, yes, I consider that a very important uh, part, of course. 
but I would not stop everything because I'm thinking I'm not having 100% clean data. I think it, it paralyzes us sometimes, you know, this, this whole big data thing and God, we have to have this all in a certain order and in a certain way. And I think uh, maybe when you're in a, in a smaller company, you're a bit more relaxed about that and you say, let's just take what we have and see what we can do with it. It's better than nothing. Not at least that's the approach that we're driving at the moment. And when we're looking at, um, for example, the KPI is always so important, clearly, you need to prove on KPIs uh, to your whatever CEOs, investors, whatever it might be in order to get the money. So clearly that is still a very important point. But also there, I have to say, it might require a little bit more of a relaxed thinking and more the approach of we have to try something out or we need to do something to move forward. Because coming back to your last point that we just had, it's like you need to do something whatever it might be, but to, to move forward and to stand out because there's many, many, many of us and um, and the way you approach your customers, you all know how many approaches you get from various you know retailers, whatever it might be, and of how many do you really react to and, and what results in a buying uh, action. And so I think that is something um, that's very important to to really go for something that makes you stick out as much as this is maybe possible today. Okay, thank you. And Daniel, how about yourself? Um, well, with, within our commercial structure here, we do have a dedicated business intelligence department. Um, and those guys are obsessed with clean data. They have to be, as per job definition, they have to be obsessed. It's, it's good we have them. And I personally, I always, I always work with the Pareto principle. As long as 80% is fine, I can forget the at the 20 percent um, so clean data absolutely necessary absolutely important um, and we are of course trying to 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 get it as much as possible to super clean data and to have it all in line but you'll never get there let's be honest you never yeah. get there there's yeah, a lot of human interaction uh, when it comes to data and there are always uh, mistakes when it comes to profile generating at the front office just as a simple example, you always have those issues and you'll never get there. But we can at least try to uh, to achieve the 100% goal. Um, and with regards to the last point, we rely on recommendation of vendor companies and specialists. That's something we like to listen to to our providers and to, to listen to them, what their, what their expertise is. And we like to include them also in the, in the, in the processes we are having because they are specialists in their market. And of course, a lot of sales and a lot of um, uh, gloom and, uh, and shine. But uh, it's also a lot of knowledge and expertise. And um, yeah, so we, we don't rely on them, but we, we do take them into the consideration yeah. when it comes to finding a uh, process. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. And Daniela, how about yourself when it comes to recommendations from vendor companies and specialists? Same. How do you approach that? Same? Same as, as Daniel. Uh, I basically listen to everyone um, because uh, we don't know everything. And uh, and yes, they are experts in their field, usually and hopefully. And uh, But I would not, you know, it's not the relying thing. If someone tells me buy this or do this, then I would certainly take that into consideration. But it's part of a decision-making process. It's not all of it. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
All right, very good. We have a, a question uh, from Michael, another follow-up question. Uh, he's saying that this he's come in late, so he apologises, may have been covered, but are there big differences between regions regarding privacy and the use of AI? Michaela, did you see any of that? Well, on, on top of my head, I can just recall that with regards to integration, uh, we just talked about in clean data, I think the Middle East was leading here. Um, and then there wasn't a lot of difference between the US, uh, Asia Pacific, I think it was Middle East, Asia Pacific, and then um, Europe and the US were quite uh, uh, equal. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but uh, for any other regional differences, and they were regional differences uh, in, in some areas, I don't know, Christine, do you recall any other regional differences? Um, yeah, I just opened it up. Uh, I think uh, definitely, Michael, you're going to go to our website and download the report there. There's some more information in there. Um, but for example, the Americas were, were the region where a, a automated personalization was uh, the most used, also a bit dependent on uh, because they have such a large uh, share of uh, larger hotel chains. Um, and then followed by Europe, which had 37% of the hotel chains using automated personalization. And then Asia Pacific and the Middle East and Africa were, were only at 27. I mean, Europe with 37 is, is not that great either, but um, they were a bit behind there as well. Okay, very good. We also have a, another question from Tommy Manonen. Tommy, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, his question is, do you think that hotels have been able to use the pandemic period efficiently to think of technology needed for the future? Daniela, why don't we start with you? Yeah, some have, as I know, but most were more concerned about survival. Um, mm -hmm. And that includes ourselves, I would say. And uh, I think the time would have been great to do that. But with most of you people not working uh, because they are in, in furlough or whatever it's, it's called, and... Uh, and you really had to make sure you keep the company going and uh, to cover your costs somehow and, and simply really survive, especially when it comes to you looking at the different countries with the different restrictions. Um, Spain obviously was quite strict on that, especially first time around. Um, there was not so much time for thought. Uh, what we have to do in technology once all of this is over and where should we, how should we come out of this pandemic? because uh, other things just were more pressing issues. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that goes for many. I know, as I said, some have used the time to really change certain things or implement new systems or even implement a whole systems infrastructure, but most not. Okay, thank you. And Daniel, how about yourself? What are your thoughts? Well, I had a lot of time to think <laughs> uh, that's where, where all where it's ended <laughs> because I didn't have the money to spend. <laughs> so, um, we have had some great thoughts and we have had some great drawings. Um, it's still on the walls and on the maps. And now it's the time to implement it. And uh, Tommy knows what I'm speaking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So just, I guess the follow-up question to that, though, is now that, based on what you just said, Daniel, are you, and Daniela as well, are you seeing that perhaps you might be changing your uh, IT strategy and your tech tax strategy moving forward to better support circumstances that we're facing today and perhaps potentially even uh, another type of scenario in the future? 
Yeah, we uh, and on group level, for example, we're just looking at uh, implementing a new revenue management system. Um, there is a system in place, but it's not really covering all the needs. And uh, that is something that we've started last year, I think. So in the pandemic, I mean, we're still in it anyway, but um, and that has been going on for some time now because it's a large process. It's a large group. It's not only Pierre Vacances Center Parks as well. And uh, so that is one part where we're looking at making uh, significant changes in the uh, in the IT infrastructure and also bringing the two brands onto one system because Center Parks and Pierre Vacances are on different systems right now yeah. uh, when it comes to RMS. Um, so that is one big part that is going on. And then locally, there have been more... Um, yeah, little changes, let's say, you know, looking yeah. at, at partly channel managers or other providers, CRMs, whatever it might be. Um, but that is the, definitely the biggest uh, global effort. Yeah. Okay. Okay, very good. And Daniel, from HOTEL's perspective, has it adjusted the way you, you can, can consider procurement of technology moving forward? Uh, yeah, and um, Michaela and Christine are supporting us in this process right now. So we are evaluating our entire tech stack. Yep. Okay. From PMS to um, uh, to IBE to um, um, what else do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so we are really okay, short answer is definitely yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we are looking into everything uh, right now, and uh, we are really very good. We need to, we and need to we feedback for for the hoteliers joining us and for everybody joining us. I think. In 2020, there was, I mean, the industry was very quiet with regards to tech stacks and um, and finding better solutions, changing things, uh, which is very understandable. And then up from, I think, mid of 2021, it changed. And we felt it immediately because we uh, we were approached by, uh, by hotel chains and this continues and it's even increasing so um, that's what what we um, from a from a company perspective can see in the market there are there's lots going on with regards to uh, innovation um, hotel chains are looking for more innovative solutions now and um, or at least they want to prove what they have if, if that's still valuable for them or if they need to change yeah. Okay, great. Very good. All right. And Tommy, again, thank you for your question. Much appreciated. All right. Uh, so shall we move to the next slide, Christine? Sure. Sure. Um, I think that that leads perfectly uh, into what we were just talking about and, and, and what if technology has been identified and um, because we, we asked what the employed uh, tasks were that were using automated personalization or AI and also what is planned. And um, here we see that the, the websites and the IDEs are the areas where most of the AI uh, tasks have been implemented. Um, also social media sites and, and search engines um, are, are already being used uh, with AI in the background. Um, however, I think the, the interesting point is then to look at uh, what is actually planned and here, uh, messaging, especially like uh, uh, platforms like WhatsApp and, and uh, Daniel, you also mentioned chatbots, right? Um, I think that's one of the, the ma major things uh, that most hotel chains uh, want to look at 
And then coming back to what we were discussing before, right, with the uh, staff shortage and so on, I think that's also one of the areas where the hotel chains found that they can actually maybe use some AI to to improve uh, mm. their resources and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with that. I think that's becoming a very common trend now, uh, for sure. Okay. Um, I, I, Daniela and, and Daniel, I, again, I, I assume that you're in agreement with, uh, with that. Or is there anything you'd like to comment based on what you're seeing here? Of course, very much in line how I answered, I think. Um, yeah. So therefore, um, there's not there's not much to say. Um, I, I think when you're looking at check-in terminals, for example, um, and we have a lot of um, residences um, where we still have receptions, um, not, not necessarily 24 hours, um, and we're using a safe system to give the keys when people arrive later and so on, but the check-in terminal would obviously be the, the easiest part of this. So, and, and it still had not been done. I mean, we're still looking at it. It's in the, it's in the planning, definitely. Um, but that is one thing when, it, when we're looking more at the operational side of things. Um, I think that's uh, probably a topic that um, quite a few hotels, especially when they have limited services in the apart world, um, mm. looking at. Okay. Uh, we have a, a comment here from uh, Didier Martin. Uh, Didier, thank you so much for joining us and for the comment. And he says that he's surprised that no topics here are related to energy management at all. Uh, Michaela, would you like to comment on that? Uh, yes, I think this is our backup slide, Christine. No, we uh, right. we actually asked uh, the, uh, uh, a very detailed question around this topic. And maybe we can bring it up um, following uh, this slide. So just to briefly, or yeah, I'll bring it up Is that now. the one? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So here we go, Didier. Thank you. Yeah, Didier. Thank you. <laughs> um, and um, oops, there is a phone ringing. And um, what what we um, what we actually uh, asked is what areas in property operations represent opportunities uh, when it comes to the usage of AI and machine learning. And um, um, predictive planning of uh, staff allocation and utilization planning are leading here. And um, predictive planning is, uh, of staff is mainly driven by small hotel chains with 87%. The figures are quite small. I, I don't think you can see them. And 86% of the large chains see maintenance cost reduction via predictive techniques as most important. And the least opportunities are seen for simplified building and facility repairs. Um, but also that might be caused by the audience because the, um, um, the, the, um, the answers were mostly completed by, um, let's say, marketing uh, people, um, revenue people, um, I don't know, but not really operations um, uh, Stuff. And um, so I don't know if this completely answers the, the question. We also had a sustainability question in there, which we haven't here, um, but we can send this to Didier um, after the session um, for, uh, for information. Okay. Right. All right. Uh, well, we are over our time, actually. We're, we're, we're coming into close to the hour. Christine, is there any other uh, slides that you wanted to run through before we wrap up? 
Yeah, I think we just have one last slide, which was uh, we just wanted to take the opportunity again uh, because without our sponsors, the, the study wouldn't have been possible at all. Uh, so uh, thank you once again for, for, for participating and making the study possible. And yeah, we look forward to the next one. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yes, it goes to say without those support from the industry as a whole, a lot of things aren't possible. So great appreciation to everyone involved. Okay, um, Daniel and Daniela, any final comments from, from either of you before we, we wrap up? No, so it is and remains an interesting topic, I think, and it will evolve um, some more, some less. And I think it's a, it's going to be good to have a catch up in a few months, maybe, and see where we stand. Um, are we moving in our and moving into the season, and also seeing what we actually learning uh, out of that? So and see how we can use that for moving forward when we when we moving into planning for the next coming years, and how how we can emphasize on those topics and to make our life a bit easier, the customer's life a bit easier, and by the end of the day. As we said in the beginning, also, of course, increase the profitability. I think a good inspirational things in that. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much. And Daniel? Well, thanks again for having me uh, for this session. It was really fun. And uh, I think some great insights. And uh, we are looking for the projects we have started. And I think this is the only way to go um, to, to survive in these different difficult conditions. So, yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, thank you as well for taking the time for joining us. And Michaela and Kristen, any final words and comments from yourselves? Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's something where we really need to investigate because the um, we are still lacking uh, a lot of um, or seeing a lot of challenges when it comes to uh, the single guest profile um, and when it comes to implementing strategies and so I think this is really something where the industry needs to look at. So um, hopefully we will conduct some other studies around this uh, <laughs> and to help solve this problem. I'm sure. Yeah. Kristen? No, I, I think that sums it up greatly. Thanks again okay. for, for making the second session possible and um, yeah, if there's any questions uh, from anyone we were here to um, yeah, and if, to answer. Absolutely, yeah. And Andre, I think there was a question. If somebody wants to have the slides, um, yes, of course, we can share them. Just please reach out. <clears throat> ah, thank you. Yes, I didn't see that there from Didier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so Didier, please do reach out to Michaela or Kristen and they'll be able to share that with you. Okay, well, folks, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks so much. And, and for you, the viewer, thanks for joining. And we look forward to seeing you again for our next collective session. And until next time, it's au revoir, au revoir, goodbye, tschüss. And uh, yeah, <laughs> ciao, ciao. Ciao. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>